is the Pastel Podcast, and I am here with my son. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, um, my name is Aubrey and Brissette. I am one of the few resident young people in Billy's life, um, <laughs> and I am now 20. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, a previous episode we had done before, I guess, the Pastel Podcast was fully fleshed out was when Aubrey was 18 and I was 23. So we are five years apart and we know each other through college because her freshman year, um, was that my junior year or my senior year? Your senior year. My senior year, my goodness. Um, but yeah, I had come back to college after taking a couple gap years. So I knew I was gonna be older than a lot of people at the college. And my friend group was always within two to three years anyways, but it was never like, um, beyond that and also like having worked as a teacher like when I was 20 working in a school I had students who were 15 so I think part of that was tricky for me to like switch over to like this could be someone that I could collaborate with and be friends with um the first episode or the first time we talked about this was about how I had a lot of internalized biases about young people wanting to be friends with me and I realized that had been because when I was 20 I had co-workers who were 25 who were like you're so smart or you're so wise for being five years younger than me and I ended up like inadvertently carrying that into my relationships with a lot of first year students in college even though they ended up being like very mature and very great people um so ageism is something that we're going to be talking about today and typically ageism is mostly used to describe discrimination against people based on their age but for the most part it's usually old people like older people senior citizens who don't get hired because they're older um they can't do what their younger counterparts in a certain field can do elder abuse um but i think what's less talked about is overestimating underestimating young people and not giving them opportunities or benefits because we think they're immature or inexperienced or just uh childish and just like really negative kind of um undermining who they are and who they're becoming so i wanted to ask you and this might have changed in the two years because you're not a teenager anymore so where do you feel like people have overestimated you in terms of you being a kid slash adult and where people underestimated you over and under i feel like i Unfortunately, I've never been overestimated in terms of like my capacity as a now as a 20 year old. Uh, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, but I, I do, I feel like halfway into 20 and being miles younger than my family uh, specifically, it's like, oh, you're 20. So you couldn't possibly know what this feels like or you couldn't possibly be able to, you know, like insert big decision here. And I have two problems with that because I have um, just realistically gone through. Is that your Kim Possible ringtone? Do you still have that? It is my Kim Possible ringtone. I haven't grown out of that though. So that's a no, nope, <laughs> not yet. Um, but I have gone through a lot more uh, difficult experiences than a 20 year old should. And a lot of that I had to do on my own and, and carry myself through that alone. Um, and on the flip side of that, uh, because of how I've lived life and, and made my decisions, 
I've accomplished a lot more at 20 than anyone else in my family. And, and that's just a specific example, but also really highlights my uh, plights <laughs> with physical age. Uh, people like to negate my life experiences and growth just because of the shorter time frame it happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, people don't realize that young people sometimes don't have a choice in terms of how quickly they mature because that's like what the situation demands. And so there's like all those like memes and tweets about how people are telling teenagers and young adults, like you're so mature and everyone's like, thanks, it's the trauma. And I'm like, and it shouldn't be, it that shouldn't be invalidated because you're also at the same time invalidating the trauma that may or may not have made someone so mature. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can be that mature without challenges, but I think it is pretty disrespectful to, to doubt that. You talked about how you have been able to um, highlight those plights in a way that like allows you to recognize your strengths as a young person. So who helps you kind of like flip the switch in terms of not underestimating you for being young, but rather empowering you for, for who you are. Um, and I think that's really important just as being part of Gen Z. Like who would you say helped you kind of celebrate your youth and maturity at the same time? Um, God, this is going to sound like a, a shameless plug, but I promise it's not. Um, <laughs> I, I am in a community of young women and femmes called Gen Z Girl Gang, and it is about bridging community and like uh, showing people that they have capacity to do things even as a young person. And what's really funny is uh, the founder, Deja Fox, is, is a friend of mine. And um, we, we've sat down and had conversations of like being a young person and like like a month ago we had like an hour-long conversation and um, I, I didn't realize how empowering it was to be in a community like that until I was in it um, and how they have shown me uh, just the people in that community and specifically on this team of young women I work with uh, just how powerful the young voice can be because uh, we come from all different backgrounds of life uh, and they inspire me like every day. That's awesome. I was wondering, I was like, I feel like the conversation's going to head there because I've definitely seen that just completely um, uplift you and like really take a lot. And not that you didn't already have that pride, but I've definitely seen just the utility of such a powerful, like literal girl gang. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> Something that comes up for me a lot is just how every generation typically ends up criticizing the one that follows them, even, even though Gen Z is badass. And like, I have so many friends who are whatever time frame that falls into, because it seems to shift like every other week in terms of who defines it. Um, boomers are definitely saying whatever they want to say about millennials being lazy and depressed and not working hard enough um, and blaming them for like all of the problems of the world. And I don't know if you have had that experience with like millennials being overly critical. Do you feel like your criticism as a generation comes more from, from boomers or like Gen X, which I guess is before millennials or from millennials who are Gen Y? Like who do you feel like as an age range is really not vibing with you as a, as a. I feel age like range? it comes from all sides. Cause, uh, and contacts my household is uh, two baby boomers uh, and uh, my older sibling who just turned 31 a couple days ago. So I, I guess that falls under Gen, Gen X, I don't know. But uh, it's a lot of like, like I had an experience recently where someone in my family had decided to cross a boundary I had made um, and gave me their unwarranted opinion. Um, 
and and um the baby boomers in my house are like that's just the culture like you know like i get it you're upset but that's just the culture and my brother's like you're being too sensitive you just you have to grow up and deal with like that's how it's gonna be and i'm like no i've decided that that's not how it's gonna be actually <laughs> you might be okay with that but i'm not uh so it, it's really like uh it comes from all sides for their own personal reasoning but at the end of the day it's just like a um like you're feeling yourself too much situation yeah I'm, I'm sorry on behalf of millennials <laughs> I feel like I've gotten a lot better I feel like especially because of like my friend group and especially because I teach gen alpha which is after you guys or you all and I just think they're something that I see that I'm observing and it's not just like from TikTok or social media where like everyone's just kind of exhibiting like the characteristics of their generation in mass but each generation is getting progressively more chaotic and like less um apologetic about like their emotional needs about mental health um a lot of kind of disturbing but understandable sentiment that I'm seeing is that like they're willing to risk so much more there's so much um, more fearless and ruthless. And, um, I, I would hope that people would be proud of them for that because millennials are like, I get economically, we were kind of like caught between a lot of chaos, um, with like market crashes and war and politics, but that's still happening today with young people growing up with pandemics, with more human rights issues. So they're still experiencing a lot of the strife of like the early 2000s or the mid 90s or whatever and they're drawing attention to everything they make content for everything like massive political movements are led by people in high school and it really shocks me because it's not like we're critiquing them for being superficial or being influencers we're critiquing them for being politically active which doesn't make any sense so yeah. what do you think is the biggest um thing that older generations can learn from you because one of the things you mentioned was like boundary setting which I mean we're both people of color and we both come from like Asian cultures so like boundary setting and mental health is very new to probably our older family members they don't know what that. do you think is like <laughs> the, <laughs> what, what that is <laughs> the first skill you feel like older generations need to develop that maybe Gen Z has a little bit more of a head start on right now like one gen z strength that other generations could definitely develop and work on a little bit more boundary setting like period point blank um i feel like so much unhappiness in older generations comes from uh either not setting the boundary or or letting people disrespect the boundary you set um like i i have found that like people will give their unwarranted opinion to um like one of my family members and it like that uh upset that they will not um communicate to the other party will bleed into every other aspect of their life and i'm like why are you yelling at me i was sitting here making bread like you know <laughs> um so like boundary setting please learn it everyone will be so much happier for it mm. i i wonder how you were able to learn it because um you being the youngest in your family and not having examples of that already uh boundary setting i guess we can speak more so to like what that looks like for asian communities like a lot of them especially if they're like immigrants who are coming here to find work 
they they weren't setting work boundaries because they were like let me work as much as possible and let me burn myself out for my family and you know a lot of their criticism came from what they thought was a place of love so if it was like I didn't come to this country for my kid to act like that or dress like this or talk like this um it's awful and it's critical and it's negative but and I don't like saying they don't know any better because everyone is capable of knowing better and I'm not going to give them that excuse so they kind of have to learn from younger people in their family. My little brother and I have to almost teach our older relatives like how to communicate kindly and compassionately and also just set really rigid, unmovable boundaries that your parents cannot disrespect, like your, your employer cannot disrespect, your coworkers cannot disrespect. And it's so foreign to them. Younger millennials and Gen Z are like introducing this like crazy new concept, but uh, Joshi and I, like, we kind of learned from each other, and I learned from a lot of my friends. I'm wondering who you learned from. Like, where did you, where were you able to build that skill of setting boundaries? I think, um, and and there's one friend I have who likes to be like, I'm the one who taught you boundaries because I would, like, usher away from you in these social spaces. I'm like, no, you didn't yeah. teach me boundaries. You were just kind of a dick. Um, <laughs> and, like, someone who, like, actually taught me boundaries and, like, communicated that they were, like, placing boundaries is you. Um, you know, I feel like uh, an, a direct approach is the best approach. Um, and when you set boundaries with me as a younger person who in college was friends with a lot of people you were friends with, but had very different boundaries with them uh, that you weren't comfortable with, you're like, okay, we're not going to do these things together because I'm not comfortable with that because you are a very young person um, and I'm much older. And I'm like, that makes sense. Um, but because you said that for me, it's like, okay, like, that is a really good example of, like, the way I should lead uh, in my life. And that kind of bled into, like, aspects of my other friend groups. Um, and, and that's just, like, with my friends of, like, how I set boundaries. And, and now, I guess, nowadays, more into my family. But I think where I started teaching, uh, specifically my parents with boundaries, is, like, we uh, have a lot of disagreements. And I don't like yelling. Like, that that shit's exhausting mm -hmm. um but when you are all trying to talk it eventually leads into yelling mm -hmm. uh so I just started doing this thing uh a couple years ago like when someone has cut me off I will put my hand up and I'll be like I wasn't done speaking mm. I wasn't done speaking you're gonna let me finish my thought I will cut them off because they cut me off and, and like that my parents are like you're disrespectful and I'm like no, no revolutionary <laughs> yeah I'm like you you just cut me off so why can't I cut you off and now it's a thing that's like normal where it's like if I start cutting them off they're like hey I wasn't done and I'm like okay you're right yeah definitely and they, they picked that up from you they like saw that like this is a tool I can use to continue to hold space and like advocate for myself without being rude without being disrespectful or like verbally abusive mm -hmm. um yes I'm I wasn't saying that to be like, I hope she says me, or I hope they say me. No, I know. Um, but yeah, I think another thing when you mentioned like the boundaries that I set with you, that didn't change how much I cared about you. And that didn't, just because I had a boundary with you, like I think, and I was really glad that you understood that and like weren't offended by it. It wasn't just like, oh, like Billy doesn't think I'm like cool enough or old enough or mature enough to do this with her. It was more just like the relationship that I, in my head wanted to have with you. I was like, I... And that's part of, like, why I stepped into, like, a fatherly role. Like, there were just some things that, like, people in, quote-unquote, 
more mentor slash parental positions like wouldn't do with with people that they like hold in that regard but there's people my age and older who who will like party with you who will like do other things with you and not that I wouldn't but like there's other activities that I'm like that's my kid I couldn't do that but um yeah. and the part of me like wonders like did I step into that because it's easier for me to be the parent of people quote unquote the parent of people who are like 18 19 because I don't see how to be friends with them because I ended up like using that terminology with like our mutual friend Emma or like other people within that age group so I wonder sometimes like was that role I stepped into something that came across like oh she can't be friends with us so I guess she just like wants to like parent us and police us or do you feel like that was just like more organic because I'm wondering how much of that was just my internalized ageism and like if I'm going to be friends with them it's going to be as a dad I don't know. I, I felt like it was really, I feel like the way our friendship came about was really organic and it was just kind of fitting uh, that 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 like father-son title came in afterwards. Um, mm. Like it, it made a lot of sense um, and it wasn't, it didn't feel like you just being like, yeah, I can't be friends with you. It's just like, no, like you're my friend and I call you my dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's really jokes. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I, I try my best to be, and I think I learned that from you. It's just like, if you are held in that regard, or if you are, if you, if you recognize that like the age difference is a component in your friendship, like just don't be patronizing and don't be condescending when you are talking to your younger friends. Like I'm not going to give you life advice or act like you have nothing to teach me. Um, and I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to tell you about my personal details because this is grown up talk. Like, I'm not going to be like that, but I'm obviously going to step in in positions of like, do you need support with something? Do you need advice on something that like literally could only come from someone who has either been in a position that you're not in yet or something that only happens when you're like 25? Like there's, there is very specific age oriented things that I could speak on, but I'm never going to be like, oh, you silly kiddo, or, like, you, this generation doesn't know, like, I try really hard to not, not seem like that, um, yeah. but I guess, so, like, the last few couple questions that I have is, what is one of the most valuable lessons you have learned regarding empowerment, and also disempowerment based on age? Um, success knows no age, like, I know people in their 20s who are very successful, and I've met people who are in their 60s, who have just recently become successful. And the, the same thing uh, with emotional awareness and these like non-tangible things, like there's no age to what that looks like. And learning paths, like life paths are vastly different and will never exactly mirror your own. Very well said, my goodness. <laughs> um, I might clip that for the trailer. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Uh, but that's definitely true. And I think uh, age insecurity and being like, where's my milestone? Where's my, where's the moment where I feel like I have it together? It's, it's fluid. It's flexible for a lot of people. And I hate that whole measurement marker of like comparative success. Social media doesn't really help with that, especially in a pandemic where all we're doing is observing each other and how, how successful are we being in a pandemic with the, with the addition of like age insecurity is just not a good combination for self-esteem. Cause I'm like, who is, who is really thriving in, a, in quarantine right now? And I think what's difficult is you and I are in a world uh, where people around us are multifaceted mm -hmm. uh, and have different skill sets. Um, and, and it's like, you shouldn't be comparing yourself 
to someone who has like a, a different skill set than you because it's like I myself am a content creator um, in terms of like I work in theater and I'm pursuing film and digital journalism and I uh, like work in social media but then I have friends who like work in social media but then they work in politics and and um, all of these things and it's like for me to compare my success to people who have a va who have like a very different skill set makes no sense just because we're the same age. Exactly. Yeah. And especially like coming from like our networks have kind of had like its nucleus in like New York, New Jersey and, and expanding from that and all the fields that we were in, like I'm like I'm in education and like this is the first time that I have like a salary job and I can like fully pay for my own things and live on my own and not have roommates. And then I have other friends who are in arts based careers where they need roommates, but like they may be like, oh, you have job security and you have more money, but I'm like, but you get to do art all the time. You get to like be around creatives and you get to be in Brooklyn and you get to be in like a city that I love all the time. If I was teaching in New York, I could not be living on my own. Um, my salary would look a little bit different. I wouldn't be near my family. I wouldn't have a car. So that it's definitely like a count your blessings kind of moment. But you think of industry, you think of age, education, passion, mental health. Like I had to take a couple years off of school. I'm like, of course, that's going to like slow me down, quote unquote. But like, I need to slow down. If I hit success at 30, if I hit success at 45, like that's when I'm supposed to. And I did it at my own pace. So I definitely agree with with your sentiment of success doesn't know an age. Um, so lastly, I want to ask, what advice would you give to someone who isn't having these conversations and doesn't have that person either similar in age like Deja or a little bit older like me? Like, what would you give, what would you say to someone who feels constantly patronized and someone who feels like they're not going to be seen for the age that they are and that could mean they're being forced to grow up too soon or they're being treated really childishly maybe that's too big to ask but i'm just curious <laughs> um well i would first say your experiences are valid no matter how different it looks like in comparison to those around you um and i i also feel like a really important advice to give is to be sure you live life in a way that like most authentically represents you and and your experiences because pretending to be someone else and someone you're not is is no fun and it is so much easier to be yourself if i've learned anything yes awesome much wisdom from aubrey and brisette